Hey, and welcome to Pumps, Pearls, and Politics. We're a perfectly powerful combination of caramel, mocha, and chocolate sisters. Heirs of the pearls, walkers, and pumps. On a womanist foundation. While chatting it up about this life in North Carolina and the world. And always finding the politics in it all. Pumps, Pearls, and Politics will center the power and passion of Black women in North Carolina, not only at the polls, but also in the state's economy. But fret not, our savvy, sassy sister diva politicals. We'll also adorn and sprinkle our conversations with a natural scene flavor as well. And because we stay elevating your voices, empowering the masses, igniting more of your passions, and engaging your agency. Because ain't nobody gonna tell us what, when, where, how, and why to do it. You can join the conversation. So we're back with you, and we're still talking down um, the ballot. I'm Angelicia. I'm Michelle. This is Allison. And this is Kathleen. And Michelle, you were saying something last time before, you know, we had to cut off. Yeah, I was just going to talk about um, the elections and you know, get really into the people on this ballot because we know we want to educate folks about why it's important to talk down the ballot and who these folks are and why it matters. Um, There's one race that's really important to me. Well, there are a couple of races that are on the ballot that are really, really important to me. The first one is the superintendent of public instruction and the commissioner of labor. Um, Like I was telling um, our listeners, I'm the president of the Durham Association of Educators, which is affiliated with NCAE, the North Carolina Association of Educators. And so I'm really, of course, interested in public education in our state. But labor is something that most people don't think about. Um, They don't think about it until something bad happens. And usually that's when I get contacted by members when something bad happens on the job with um, their principal or an administrator and things like that. And so understanding employment laws, labor laws, who are the people who handle that? Um, And the labor commissioner, that's what they do um, to make sure that Um, employment compensation is paid, um, unemployment is paid, that you're treated right on the job. And we want to make sure that a person who's looking out for our interest is elected in that position as the commissioner of labor. Um, Presently, it's Sherry Sherry Berry. They call her the elevator lady. Mm -hmm. And... Um, You know, she has been in that position for a while and she's not running again, but she hasn't been a very good commissioner of labor. Um, She has not looked out for workers' rights. Um, And so we really have to pay attention to that race Um, and also the superintendent of public instruction. Um, They are the people who run the Department of Public Instruction. They are the ones who run the State Board of Education, they lead the State Board of Education and, you know, following up on policies and things that affect our kids and our teachers and instruction and, you know, the standards. Um, But a lot of people don't really realize 
what these individuals do. And I really want folks to pay attention to those two roles. I'd like for us to kind of just talk about that whole labor, that labor commissioner and just how, because, you know, black women are very much in the labor field. And I'm just wondering if this is um, the fact that they overlook or they have overlooked the fairness and the fairness treatment um, I'm just wondering if it has to do with the fact that black women are the main ones who feel the labor. Um, we flood the labor field. Yeah. And, you know, because black women make about, I think what I've heard, 63 cents for every dollar a white man white makes. Is it um, that much? Yes. Is it, yes. Is it 63 cents? It's 63 cents or somewhere a little lower. Um, it's not much. Um and many black women are in jobs that are service oriented. Many black women are not making $15 an hour, which is considered a living wage. Um, and so I'm really excited that a black woman is running for commissioner of labor, um, Jessica Holmes. Um, we need her voice in that very powerful position. Um, she was endorsed by the AFL-CIO And because again, we as black women have been in jobs or employment where we haven't been compensated for the work that we do. Um, And so it's really important that we get someone in there who will understand that and will craft policy and to help push those things and make sure that, you know, unemployment in North Carolina is the worst in the country. And many of our black women were laid off for COVID. Um, It's been devastating. So yeah, I'm really passionate about labor and I'm really excited about that race, but I know that's that's a race that many people don't quite understand about what that commissioner of labor does, so yeah. And when we talk about the wage gap, I'm sorry. Oh, no, no, go ahead. Go ahead, Kathleen. I'll yeah, when we, talk, um, when we talk about the wage gap for Black women, the um, National Partnership for Women and Families went across about 25 different states. So in North Carolina, we're looking at 357,255 Black women working full-time year-round in North Carolina. The medium income wages for those Black women is... 32,000, a little bit more, right? Almost almost 33,000. The median wage for white non-Hispanic men is over 52,000. So we're looking at an annual wage gap of over $19,000 in North Carolina for black women. And so when we talk about the commissioner of labor, it's not just about getting someone in who may have our interests at heart, but also holding that person accountable when they get into office to, to to address some of the needs that we bring to the ground. So what I believe happens often is that we get people in office that we feel comfortable with, but then we don't hold those people accountable and then we don't support them when they try to go against the grain to do the work that needs to be done. And so the same way we've been engaged this year saying, this is what I need to see for my community. When we have people in office that we trust and we feel comfortable supporting, when that person tries to do the things that we need them to do, we need to be loud and in the street saying, this is what they're doing on our behalf and it needs to get done. And I just wanted to drop those numbers because I think um, 
when we talk about it being around 63 cents, 68 cents a dollar, people don't, can't really, I mean, cents, I'm sorry, per dollar, people have a hard time transferring that into real income lost per year. And so I know what kind of impact it would have on my family if I was making $19,000 more. It would have a huge effect, Kathleen, and I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. So, you know, and many Black women are supporting their families on that income. And it transfers into educational outcomes because, again, if you're looking at 19, you know, $19,000, you can do a lot with $19,000 extra in income a year. And it shows up in you know, how can we, you know, educate our children or giving, you know, providing the things that our kids need. And so it's a huge, huge, you know, down ballot race that more people need to pay attention to. So thanks, Kathleen, for bringing those numbers out. Yeah. And, and you know what's interesting about when talking about labor, COVID taught us a new term, which some of the people have used before, but it's the essential worker. Mm-hmm. And the essential workers or, you know, back in the day, we thought the doctors and the EMT and the nurses, but the essential workers, particularly during COVID, were the women who worked at Food Line, you know, and the women who worked retail and the women who worked um, uh, in the fast food industry. And these are the women that you all are speaking about. And if COVID affected them, some of them were furloughed, some of them will never get their jobs back. Some of them, it's going to take a while to catch up. So essential workers needs to be sort of thought through when we're thinking about who we're voting for the next um, Secretary of Labor, because these were people who everybody was holding, tucked in their house safe away. They still had to get up and go to work, making lower pay than other folks, but they didn't have the luxury of being off. So we have to take our hats off. And a lot of those people were not only black women, but people of color in general. And the essential workers are the ones who kept this going during COVID and still are, because we still are in this pandemic. But that's just something that kind of COVID sort of put the spotlight on this group of individuals. And a lot of them look like us. Yeah. And especially the people that were delivering your groceries, right? Yep. Uh, right. So quick to get on Instacart where and, you can safely, exactly, you're safely in your home, right. you're quarantined, and someone else is out doing your shopping for you. When you're late. that person's, exactly, and they're running your errands and they're bringing their stuff to your home. Um, and often because they don't have any other choice. Right. Right. And so we don't we don't put faces around that. We don't think about the work that it takes for the people to do that and the exposure that they're being open to and still really only making pennies. And we're always safely quarantined because that was the big thing. Like I haven't left house. I've been getting my groceries delivered without really thinking about how does that now impact the people that are delivering your groceries? Mm-hmm. How does that now impact your mail carrier? When we, I mean, I'm not saying don't support online businesses, but I'm, what I am saying is that let's make sure we acknowledge the people who are doing the work. Absolutely. Because the U.S. Postal Service employees is the largest federal agency employing people of color right. and right. women, right? And so, and these people are working really hard. They're doing amazing amounts of volume right now and are having their tools and the access removed and taken from them for something that has absolutely nothing to do with them. Their income hasn't changed and right. they're working harder than ever. And these are the type of conversations that we're not having when it comes down to labor. And winter is coming and and this, you mix in the flu with COVID. So we don't know what type of way, if you listen to Dr. Fauci, which we all believe is science, it could be worse again. And then sadly, the essential workers are gonna be the main ones back out while people are tucked away. Like you said, delivering Instacart, working at Food Line, working in these places, working at the hospitals. And so we have to remember, they have to do it because they, I mean, they have to be there. 
important. You're right, Kathleen and Michelle. Right. It's very important. Um, and I just want to say another race that I'm looking at is the North Carolina Lieutenant Governor race. Um, Yvonne Holly, and she's running against Mark Robinson. Either way, we're going to make history with that race because they're both um, African American. Um, but clearly, you know, one, you know, the, the lieutenant governor, people say, oh, you know, that doesn't have a lot of, you know, meat to it. But the lieutenant governor um, sits in the Senate. I know. Angelicia can say specifically what they do. I know they are are, are in the Senate here, um, in the Senate, the but they also sit on the State Board of Education and they have a vote on that board, um, which is, again, a very powerful board with regards to public schools in North Carolina. And so I don't know if you guys have been hearing about Mark Robinson and some of the really, really concerning things he's been saying I mean, they're they're quite, you know, outlandish and who we vote for um, will be in these two powerful seats. And I don't know if I want someone who says really I, just very terrifying things sitting on the state board of ed, having a vote, deciding the direction of how children are taught in public schools. Um, so that's another important race to watch. And um, so you were talking about the Lieutenant Governor, he's the president of the Senate and you can go to um, www.ncleg.net and you can look up the absences, absences of members. And I know that as the president of the Senate, he missed so many sessions because he presides over the Senate because he was out campaigning. And so I think that people need to know that that's taxpayers' money, number one, because, you know, they're all on Cal Cunningham about the number of times he was out of his seat. Um, and then when you look at how they were able to pull on the, on the House side, how they were able to pull that budget, slick pull that budget, because many of the members don't come to skeletal sessions or sessions where they they don't tell them that we're voting this session because in the House side, there are no rules. But that is so important to check before we start voting on many of these people. How many times were they not in their seat? Or mm -hmm. they took a walk? See, some of these Democrats even will take a walk on different really tense issues and just take a walk. And we think, oh, they down with us, they down with us because they're a Democrat. You need to look at if they took a walk because if they were there, that day, but they didn't vote on a certain issue, they normally took a walk. So they would not have to ruffle um, the waters. But you're dead right about the Lieutenant Governor race, but also the same thing is happening with the Court of Appeals race with um, Laura Cubbage, who will be one of the first black women on the North Carolina Court of Appeals. She's running against a black guy who is very conservative and he is putting out a whole lot of propaganda. It's back to those judges judges are very very important especially that north carolina court of appeals because there are certain cases that the court of appeals is going to have to hear that automatically goes to them um, and it's good to have representation on those courts so we definitely need to talk about and google and do ballotopia i don't know if y'all use ballotopia but i love yes. ballotopia yes and judge topia judge topia is also good for checking out the judges so that we know and we can vet these um, candidates. And the good thing about 
North Carolina is North Carolina has their voting records on the website with the Board of Elections. So that's kind of how we knew um, Linda Coleman's opponent in the primary was a Republican and then switched to Democrat. He had been Republican all along and then switched to Democrat. And we, and we have the right to find these people out, to find out, okay, let me see how you're voting and what you're doing. <laughs> so thank you for bringing and that up, Michelle. <laughs> yeah. And that's something that's very important to me. Like, how did you vote on this key piece of legislation that is very important to me, especially when I think about the primaries, even before we get to, but like we're in the primaries and we're trying to select who's gonna represent the party or different things. How did you vote on this key piece of thing? Did you take a walk? Mm-hmm. Because that matters to me so much that when things get tight, are you really ready to stand in there or are you conveniently absent every time something gets tight? tight? And Michelle, I appreciate you for keeping us all the way straight. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Moving up that Lieutenant and Governor piece. Because, I feel like I'm not right? worthy to be at the table. I really do. <laughs> 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 like she, she like, she on it, right? I, right, I, right. I'm not worthy to be at the table. Uh, and <laughs> so Michelle is right. You know what I'm about? And it's about Mark, you're right, Michelle. He didn't, he's not even apologize. He's like, yeah, I said it. I believe it. Next. And that's the thing, you know, it is about like the race, but it's also about humanity. And that's what 45 of them don't get, the people that follow them. You just mean and say anything and whatever. And it's okay to just be, the only one I can come up with is mean. And and this guy, Mark Robbins, he's just like, he acknowledged, I said things about black folks, I don't care, next. So it's like, wow, people are just emboldened to do and say, there's no level of respect. So, you know, I, I hope Yvonne Holly, you know, good lover done stooped to his level and let him be the one doing all that. And she stays focused. Yeah. yeah and that's why, you know, I, I, Kathleen said it in the other podcast, you know, get your sample ballot, um, download it, you know, research these folks, you know, ask questions, find out who they are. Because, um, again, we, you know, it's exciting that you know, two African-Americans are running for lieutenant governor, but there's one, I don't want Mark Rockwell. Right, he's right. okay. All skin folk ain't skin folk. Exactly. All skin folk ain't skin folk, that's it. Exactly. Like Kentucky, like Kentucky. Oh, yeah. Like that That whole thing with, I know kind of also, the whole thing with Beyonce Taylor, uh, Taylor is so offensive and so painful as a black woman. Exactly. And I don't think what a lot of people understand is that black women are we understand there's a lack of safety with people if you're if you're a woman of color period outside of your community there's an expectation that your body isn't safe right now that may not be what in my opinion what a just world looks like but that's the reality of the world that we live in when you are within your community there's an expectation of safety and protection and when someone from within your community denies to give you that, that level of betrayal and offense is deep. Yeah. And that's not something we're often given the ability to publicly discuss because I don't know about y'all. There's this thing about publicly saying anything about a yeah. black man, right? Yeah. Even if you're right. Right. Even if he foul, right. <laughs> there's something about it that we're put in this position mm-hmm. that we don't have the opportunity to really talk about. And that's because of politics. Yeah. Right. Like it might not be the politics of an election, but it's the politics of navigating this world and this space in a black female form. Yeah. So I know I kind of digress, but no, I had no, to. No, that's good. 
important. That's true. I had to put it in there. It's, it's and like I, said, like I said, with Mark, nobody want him in office. Well, Maybe him. I don't know. Well, it's good because it's, it, it, is, it brings up the point of black representation and do we just take each other for granted? You know, like black politicians who might represent Southeast Raleigh and the Southeast Raleigh people, constituents don't even see their politician. You know, we have to start holding our, um, especially our people accountable because yeah, it hurts to. us when Clarence Thomas doesn't speak up. It mm -hmm. hurts us worse than if it's Kennedy that doesn't say anything or Roberts, mm -hmm. it hurts us. So you're dead on it about that. And then when our people do speak up, we need to go tooth and nail hard as possible for them. Like, like it's Tupac and Biggie, you know what I mean? Like we talk about the Monica, <laughs> we need to come with that type of energy, Monica versus Brandy, you know, we need that type of energy coming to the table to defend them and have their back when they right. do come. Because we know that other, so there are certain communities who are not gonna support them regardless of how right they are, right. no matter how just it is, no matter how integrity and morally right it may be, there are some people who will go against their own interests right. because they don't want it coming from somebody in that body. And that's when we really have to show up as well and say, we support you and we're gonna go hard right along with you. Right. Absolutely. Any other, like, do we have any other, so we know that we're looking at um, that Lieutenant Governor race. We hopefully will have um, Yvonne Holly on the line to talk to us about her platform and everything. Are there any, we know the presidential races, we, we already know. <laughs> we don't gotta talk about that. We've already. We're not going to speak his name. Thank you, Kathleen. We're not going to speak his name. Um, but we're going to have to get out here in these streets and really, like, get pull our people to the polls. We've got to. Whether it's absentee ballot, sending in. I know they're talking about the State Board of Elections. They, they're doing a special report of how most of the ballots that don't qualify that are coming in are from black voters. You know, what are we going to do about that? How are we going right. to... What are we going to say? What is the community? What are the community organizations are going to? What are we going to step in and do about about that? Um, I know here in Durham. I don't know if it's done in Wake County. We can take our absentee ballot to um, the county board of elections between seven and three o'clock. I don't know. Can is that being done in Wake County, or do you have to mail it? Mm -mm. You can drop them. You can take them. Oh, that's great. Yeah, I think, um, you know, this voter suppression is so real and so prevalent. I don't know if you all watch this really good documentary on, it's on Amazon Prime, um, Stacey Abrams talking about her run um, for governor in Georgia and all the things that Brian Kemp who was the attorney general, because the attorney general, if anybody doesn't, the attorney general's race is really important because they, in, in, you know, in Georgia, they have power over the elections, right? And how he just used every little machinations to get people in Georgia, particularly black people from voting. Yep. And it's just, voter suppression is so it's scary and that is why you know having your the power to vote 
and using your voice in that way is so crucial. And it's really, really cool to be on this podcast with a group of women who, like me, been voting since they were 18. <laughs> I think that is so powerful because we understand that is the one thing that makes us equal with the most wealthiest person here in the United States. Right. We may not have as much money as they have, but we have our one vote and we exercise it. So yeah, you know, it's very disconcerting that you're hearing um, mistakes are being made and it's yeah. mostly from black voters. I'm like, wait, no, it's no. It's the witnesses. They're, they're, it, that's okay. they're, they're, yeah. they're this is, on, it's the witnesses. Yes, the witness on the envelope. A lot of people, and, uh, and actually, you know, I work for Secretary of State, Lane Marshall, and in most states, and Brian Kent was Secretary of State, not Attorney General. I'm most sorry. States, that, no, no, that's okay. Most states, Secretary of State's uh, are in charge of election. North Carolina, they're not. But we also work with notaries because back in the day, you have to have a notary um, notarize your absentee ballot. And this year, you only have to have one witness. And that information never got out in time. And it's just so much confusion around it. And people are sending in ballots without witnesses and all that. So then a lot of people, to me, the state board just hadn't done quite enough to educate people. I mean, I know they got a million other things to do. But you're right. It's going to be so many games and funkiness played that how do we make sure our vote is counted? And we just have to keep reminding our neighbor. And like we said, make a voting plan. Everybody's from Obama to you know Joe Biden. Everybody's talking about now. That's the new thing. We've been talking about this four years ago, making a plan. Now this year, decide, are you going to vote in person? Are you going to vote early vote? Are you going to vote absentee? You have to make a plan. And if you do, do, do absentee, you've got to get on state board election website and you have to track your ballot. You have to make sure it got there. What's I mean, you can yeah. drop it off. I think a lot of people forget that you can drop it off. And I heard yeah. a lot of people saying, I want to vote in person. I've always voted in person. I said, you know, you can get the ballot, the absentee ballot. You can fill it off, fill it out, and you can take it to your early voting location. Yeah. And so you're yeah. still voting in person. You know that it's actually there and you're doing it in a safer way. And that right. if you get an absentee ballot, that does not stop you from, from voting in person. It doesn't stop you from doing anything. In fact, it gives you more opportunities. Right, like it opens it up to you a bit more, and so take as many options as you have because we, it's twenty twenty, y'all. Like yeah. we don't know what's happening. So I think we should um, slow that down, Kathleen, and say that again for our listening audience about how they can get the absentee ballot and take it to their voting early place and turn it in. Tell us more about that. Yeah. So when you get your absentee ballot, a lot of people assume that when you if if you request one, that means that you can no longer vote in person. It means you can't um, hand it over to someone like at the State Board of elect, um, Elections, or maybe you're someone like us who's been voting your entire adult life in person and you really wanna be there on that day or early voting. So when you request your absentee ballot, you can still compete, complete it. You can drop it off at your County Board of Elections. You can drop it off at your early um, voting location. You can drop it off, you can bring it in the day of, of the election. And so what requesting the absentee ballot does is it just gives you more options of how you can vote. You have the ability to track it, um, as Allison was telling us earlier, so track it, right? Because that's what I plan to do. I plan on requesting mine, completing it. I'm dropping off at the Board of Elections. Um, I'll know that it's there. It makes me feel better. And then, you know, paying attention to the witnesses. And if you have some of this information or you've done it, Share it, y'all. We sure. are, we are on Facebook yeah. sharing all types of stuff. You can share it, like <laughs> yeah. for real, like yo, this is yeah. easy. I requested it. I got it. I did this. This person signed it. I dropped it off, or you know, however. But share that information to let people know how easy it is and how many options you have. Because I, I wouldn't. I don't want anyone to not feel comfortable with right. the options that they have. 
So that's where the, that's where the plan comes from, right? Like right. this is what I'm going to do. This is how it's going to look for me. This is what I feel comfortable with, and then just do it. Yeah, Kathleen. If I can make one, I'm sorry, one point of clarification because I was on the Wake County call when they had the board elections. If you go vote early, take your ballot early vote. You will have to stand in line like everybody else. You will not be able to go to a front of the line. And they had the. Well, on the Wake County Democratic call, they have the board of election person say that. So some people, you're not going to be able to just walk up because they have to go through a process. And the second thing, just to be clear, you can't take an absentee ballot on election day. You can only take it on early vote. Election day, you cannot, they will not take it. So a lot of people don't know that either. So, so thank you. Because I, I, I oh, caught myself when I said it. Oh, that's okay. No, no, no. That's that. why we're here. No. Yes, thank here. you yeah. for that. Thank you. And thank you for clarifying that you have to stand in line. Stand in line. And you cannot take an election day. So we want people to plan, like you said, just to make an amendment to your plan. You can do everything you said on election day. You might as well just be ready to stand in line for election day. Because some people still love the hustle and bustle of election day. It's sort of like going to Walmart on Black Friday. You know it's going to be a mess, but you want to be in the mess. Well, before we started this um episode of the podcast i filled out my absentee ballot and my dad um he he witnessed it and we're going to take our ballots tomorrow to the durham county board of elections and turn it in so that was our voting plan so you know i again i am going to vote because that is the power that i have and i just want to reiterate that to our listeners and just to go back to Allison, where I made the mistake about the uh, Brian Kemp thing, he was the attorney general, but he was the secretary of state. That's why these positions are so important. (laughs) Yes, and paying attention to what do these people do because they understand, oh, you know, these positions are powerful, right? They're so powerful that affect our lives on a regular basis. So, yeah, guys. And ethically, huh. he shouldn't have been, in my opinion, he shouldn't have been able to, um, in my opinion, he shouldn't have been able to run anyway since yeah. he was in that position. But y'all, be like Michelle. Um, <laughs> she has but she has a voter plan. She's putting it into action. She's getting ready. Um, I believe we all have our plans. We're following suit, and we're getting it together. Yeah. So, what are y'all doing, Kathleen and Angelisi? I mean, I, my husband and I, we said we're going to early vote together. What are you ladies doing since we know Michelle's plan? Absentee early voting. So absentee filling it out. My son and I are doing it that way. We are standing in line. Okay. I don't want to go in there and touch the pins and stuff, you know? Yeah. Um, so <laughs> that's, what, that's what our plan is. Okay. Yeah, I'm going. I'm going to the polls to vote. I'll take my sanitizer and my wipes and all of that myself. And um, my father is 80, and my father is like, I'm not doing absentee, so mm-hmm. I want to make sure that they're gonna be protected when, because he wants to stand in line, and I keep telling him, you can do the drive up, but he wants yeah. to stand in line. But my mother is gonna drive up. He wants to actually stand in line because that's just. I mean, he's from that. He grew up during that time when they were suppressing votes and doing all the grandfather clause. Did your grandfather vote? Then you can't vote. Right. Asking all those stupid questions. So he saw it, saw some of that with his grandfather. So he's like, no, I'm going to vote. It means something to me. Now, are, they, are you going to do election day or are you going to early vote with them? We're going to early vote. Okay, that's good. That's good. That's really good. And See, just, I, that. Oh. I was just going to just remind people, 
go to the North Carolina State Board of Elections website. You can Google it and your county Board of Elections, and they can give you further directions um, on how to get an absentee ballot, how to early vote. They'll tell you the early voting sites. Um, and if you're one of those people who like to vote on election day, which is November 3rd, they'll tell you your precinct to where you vote. Um, and so maybe we can drop that information in the show notes um, and just let everyone know, you know, what you need to do to get your vote counted. So, yeah. All right. Thank you, ladies. We had a great conversation today for our listeners. You all heard um, several different options for early voting. We have people who are mailing in absentee ballots, standing in line um, for early election, taking the absentee ballot for early election, drive up early, right? Voting. I said elections instead of voting. Y'all roll with me, okay? <laughs> We're rolling. <laughs> we can roll, roll with, with you. Roll with me. <laughs> so you heard the different options, and there are still more. Right, so get your plan together. We'll be back next week with more pumps, pearl, and politics. In the meantime, run down your ballot, check your voting plan, drink water, eat vegetables, get your flu shots, and please, for everything that is southern and golden, don't get shit.